All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. All right, welcome to episode 441 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. We're live today, beaming in from around the world. We've got Daniel Wees on the board. Hi there. Lonnie, St. Louis Kiss. What's up? Mark Anthony K, Canada. Greetings. And of course, the one, the only, entering the <laughs> ring to a round of applause from the peanut gallery, the voice of reason, Ken. Good morning, wherever you are, or good night. <laughs> yeah, wherever you are, thanks for joining us today. Today's show is, of course, a death match. This is, you know, idiocy or insanity, where we have been randomly picking albums to go head-to-head against each other, and then we randomly pick the songs from each of those albums. So there's no way of doing seedings, no way of preordaining, or giving any sorts of favors to any song or album. It's just a different way of framing a discussion about the songs on these albums by making them, um, you know, have odd matchups. So before we get to that, I want to just go through a couple of things. Last episode did offer up the print of the Mask Hysteria artwork without branding for a drawing. The winner, entry number three, Billy Elam. Congratulations, Bill. I'll be emailing you for your address. He's, of course, a friend of the show, uh, which makes it doubly nice because he shares all our episodes religiously on uh, Facebook. So completely random occurrence that he won that, but it could not go to a better home. Plus, he's been part, uh, participating in the Wasp episodes on the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast. So thank you, Bill, for your continued support, and thank you to everyone who entered. Anyone got any cool kiss shit this week? Because I have not. I got something Not very, me. Very, very cool. Uh, I'll, I'll show you guys. Uh, and and I have to thank the Kiss FAQ uh, podcast uh, crew. For that this. means all uh, of you out there. And everybody that watches. Um, okay, here we go. I'll try to get it out of here. Ah. Okay, ah, here it really nice. Very cool. The uh, Kiss Alive 2 uh, Platinum uh, Award. That, that Double Platinum. Or double platinum. Yeah, I, you're right. Um, so here's good. Let's, let's see if we can say it's if we can get up in here. Hey, the voice, the of, voice reason. of reason. The voice of reason. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Fantastic. And they spelled it right. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the voice of raisins or something. Yeah, the <laughs> voice of raisin. Yeah, yeah, right. Raisin, raisin brand. Oh, that's all. That looks um, fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah, it's very, very nice. Uh, I'll be hanging it up. Uh, Later today, um, on my walk, so. very nice. No, I, I'm really cool with that. So, if, if anyone's very wondering, cool. um, most of the old shows eventually do get, um, you know, commercials and whatnot on them. So, all that ad rev, um, eventually does add up a little bit. So, as a give back to the guys who participate in the show, we've been doing the rounds on the gold awards. Um, so Mark got Destroyer, Lonnie got St. Lonnie got St. Louis Kiss Award. No, he got Revenge. <laughs> and then, of course, right. Alive 2, which is Ken's first Kiss album, came out. Um, so and I didn't get there. shit. Wow. Not, not yet, but you have to wait your turn. Wait for Asylum, Daniel. right? <clears throat> yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to wait for Asylum. Yeah, Someday. there we go. Or maybe they'll do some other product. Animalize. Well, any, any or all, you know, for us 80s guys would be very cool. Mm-hmm. And they... You know, we're just waiting our turn, I guess. 
So thank you for joining us. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of news in the KISS world. We're all waiting for the release of Creatures of the Night, the box set next Friday on the 18th. I dropped yeah. my review of that. It's like 33 pages, so there's a PDF form that you can download to read the whole thing offline. Um, and again, it's just my review of the music because I haven't seen the box yet. Um, you go over to Kiss My Wax. I think they'll be doing a Kiss... Uh, creatures super deluxe unboxing video next week so you'll get to have an advanced peek of it then uh keep looking out for those deals it was down to 177 bucks in the states at least on amazon and then it went back up so when it drops mm -hmm. grab it because you can't be guaranteed that it's not going to just stabilize at one price so um let's move on from there and we'll be doing a review episode i think we'll probably do that one live on a saturday as well so we can get as many people and opinions in there but uh mark you want to read some comments from the last episodes before we get into the death match yeah certainly okay so let's read a couple here from the uh one from the cruising uh from the peanut gallery episode which was i believe episode 439 uh and we have a comment from ian conahan I believe his name is. I love Mark. He tells it like it is. He is 100% right about Bruce and the Dubai fiasco. Great video as always. Uh, and I especially like Daniel's nail clipping solo. Uh, <laughs> next, you have uh, a comment from MD. I wasn't a fan of Kiss during Bruce's era. I'm an original four guy, but the video of Bruce and his band is great. It appears to me that the audience got more into that performance than, dare I say, the Kiss performance. Uh, and let's do one more from this episode. Let's do, uh, let's see. Well, given, okay, this is from 78 Andy G. Well, given last year's Bruce Band did Exciter, All Hell's Breaking Loose, and Part of Making Love, as well as other non-Bruce era stuff, it's not new. Bruce explains this last year on stage. So I guess that's the comment about why he was doing stuff that wasn't from his era. Okay, so that's from that. Uh, give me one second here to pop up the previous episode that we had with Andy Moyen. Uh, here we go. And the comments are here. Uh, from DBQRX3, Andy has provided years of entertaining accounts. Much appreciated. Then you have Music the Lifeblood put, I love Andy's roving reporter episodes. And then we also have Ronnie Parker, who is actually with us right now, saying... Seeing how far the Kiss Cruises has come along, as a teenager, uh, as a teenager in the '80s, I couldn't imagine the concept of a Kiss Cruise back then. It's mind blowing how far history has come. There you go. There you go. Yep. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Andy, for the roving reporter. It was important for us, by the way, uh, because there was some heat in some comments on the Peanut Gallery episode of the cruise. Is that we do do our doo doo. <laughs> um, we do an episode from the armchair for those who aren't there because that perspective is one perspective and we do a separate one with someone who is actually there for the other perspective. So both have validity, um, but obviously being there is a completely experience to watching videos on YouTube or on Dime a Dozen, um, ooh, which reminds me, Dime 
what is it, five soundboards dropped in the last week. So Knoxville and Atlanta from 79. Atlanta is, of course, pretty choppy. Knoxville's mostly complete. I think it's missing Beth, and it's the better of those two. And then Erie 86, which is the tail end of the Asylum Tour, which Ooh. makes people like me very happy. Um, yeah. And then I don't remember what the other two were on there. So New Jersey. Uh, Oh yeah, East 80, Rutherford, 85. eighty-five, and then there was another eighty-five as well. Yep. So, dime, you know, don't you can buy them from Zodiac if you've got to pay out the nose for silver CDs, or you can go download the fuckers. You know, the yep. choice is yours. For me, it's about the music, not someone making packaging that makes it pretty. So, let's get into today's death match. For those who are joining us for the first time and don't know how we do this, we take all the songs from one album and put it into a cup, and. <laughs> you, what, what you're gonna focus on me there, you go. there yeah. we go so love gun goes in the green cup because i can't use the green cup for dynasty so the <laughs> dynasty songs go in there and then it's random and they're gonna go head to head it's nine songs on one album versus 10 on the other so let's jump right in and get going with the first matchup coming out of the love gun hat is hooligan Mm -hmm. It's gonna go up against. Please don't be dirty living, because that is just so unfair. Save your love. So <laughs> save your love. Last song on Dynasty, Dynasty versus Hooligan. Lonnie, you barely spoken, so we're gonna start with you. I'm gonna go. It's tough, you know, a song versus a Peter song, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna go save your love. I really like save yeah. your love. It's one of my favorite, one of my more favorite songs off of Dynasty. Even though Hooligan is good, um, save your love wins this round. All right, that's one for save your love, Ken. Yeah, even though I remember the first time I heard uh, Hooligan, and I thought, oh. That's not a very good song. I mean, though it's grown on me over the years, I'm going to have to go still, though, with uh, Save Your Love. Better song. All right. Two for Save Your Love. Mark. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, Hooligan is terrible, in my opinion. Wow. I mean, it's just, you know, it's basically just one part repeated over and over again. Dan, 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 dan. It's like just. You know, and Peter has a great voice. There's no question about it. I think Peter's voice is fantastic. I've always loved his singing, but his lyrics are terrible on that as well. I mean, absolutely like grade five level lyrics on that. But then, you know, Kiss never had fantastic lyrics. So that's not really a, a deciding issue. But Save Your Love is a great song. I think it's good uh, as far as songwriting wise. The guitar playing is fantastic by Ace. And Ace, I think Ace sings really well on it. So Save Your Love is my my vote for sure. All right, Daniel. Our opinions no longer matter, so we can be honest. Daniel. We're always honest, but uh, uh, Save Your Love is such a great song. One of my favorites of, of Dynasty. I remember we, we were doing a Dynasty episode a few years back, and I put it up really high. Some of the other guys didn't like it as much. Um, but the drumming, Anton Fig's drumming on that one is totally awesome. And... Um, I like Ace's vocals as well. Hooligan is a, an okay song, but just as Mark says, said, uh, I listened to it the other day. It's very repetitive. It's nothing much happens, but the vocals are, of course, top notch. But for me, save your love. All right. 
So am I going to allow this to be unanimous decision or am I going to throw uh, some kibble to the cat? Um, I can't. I absolutely love Save Your Love. And while I'm team green, uh, it's got one of my favorite riffs in it. And it's in my top 10 Kiss songs without any doubt. Um, so I got to go save your love and make it unanimous. Sorry, Peter. Um, you don't get many songs on Kiss albums and then fans like us betray you. So <laughs> save your love is going to move on. All right, moving on to the next matchup. And I was just grabbing my notebook because apparently I'm not fully prepared. All right. It's going to be, all right, we're getting Ace out of the way early here. 2,000 men is going to go up against what? Please don't be love gun. <laughs> Christine, 16. All right, Mark, let's start with you on that. Oh, okay. This is a bit tougher, honestly. I mean, Christine, 16 is technically a classic song. I mean, it is Gene's. I don't know. I guess you could say the, the controversial song, although it wasn't back in the day. Nobody really gave a shit about that stuff back in the day. So that's, you know, it's only this generation that, you know, gets their back all in a tizzle about this kind of stuff. Uh, and 2000 Man is a cover. So usually in these kind of matches, I don't usually go with the cover. I usually find that unless they're stellar recreations of the songs and I don't really care for covers, but you know, Ace did a good job with 2000 men. So again, it's a bit difficult for me because one, one side of me is saying go with Ace because, you know, I'm a guitar player as well, blah, blah, blah. But I, I'm going to have to go with Christine 16. I think it's a stronger song overall. And I, I just, I, I just think that I tend to go more with original songs and covers anyway. That's always a kind of strike in my opinion to that. So I'm, I'm going with Christine 16. All right, Ken, we're going back to the era where you became a fan, Christine 16 versus 2000, man. Yeah, the first time I listened to uh, 2000, man, I didn't care for it too much. I mean, it, it is a vast improvement over the Stones version of the song, oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. But but still at that, I think it gets a little bit too much praise, uh, in my opinion. Um, and I've always liked Christine 16 from the, from the start, even though, yeah, there's some uh, stuff now we... We'd like oh, it's kind of cringy, <laughs> but it's still a, it's still a good song, good catchy song. It was a hit song. It was on the top forty. I think it made a top twenty. I think um, so. Christine sixteen for me. All right, Daniel. How about you? Um, this is a real close one. Uh, both of them are middle of the pack for me. Uh, <clears throat> when I when I look at my list, I, I have them next to each other uh, as a tie almost. So. Um, but I, I have to go Christine 16. Um, I like uh, Mark's point, 2000 Man is a cover. It's a good cover, but it, but it's still a cover. So that puts Christine 16 over 2000 Man, even though none of these songs are any of my favorites off of these albums. They're okay, but there are way better songs to come up ahead. So Christine 16. Yeah, Christine 16. Okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry Lonnie. if I was. No, no, no. I it's me. Not you. No, it's me. Lonnie, what about you? Um, it's it is tough, and it's, it's a close one, but it is Christine sixteen. I mean, we're pretty much unanimous saying that it's a close one, but you know, it's it's more of a it's a classic Kiss song, and it's and it's good. I mean, is it cringeworthy? You know, I, 
whatever. It's it's a good kiss song. And most kiss songs are a little cringeworthy, so ninety <laughs> percent. Correct. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kiss. It's rock and roll, you know. And so you're Christine sixteen as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm not. I'm going with two thousand men. Wow. Simply because it's completely different than the Rolling Stones original, completely different character, completely different interpretation of the song. And what Ace brought in fully formed like that had very little input from the rest of the band and became a core song that was performed both in 1979 on the tour and when they reunited in you know, 1996. It's a great song. Christine 16 is also a great song. And I liked what Joel pointed out, you know, about the Christine 16 disclaimer. I mean, in some ways we've become so politically correct and so afraid, you know, of a lot of things that were acceptable back then. Yeah, we've evolved and a lot of things you can never get away with these days. But back in the day, it was perfectly fine. Uh, That doesn't make it perfectly right, but it was perfectly fine. And how many songs from our youth do we listen to now and go, yeah, you know, I was like mm-hmm. that at the Wasp concert last week when he was doing Animal. I'm like, that song doesn't work for me now like yeah. it did when I was 14. But damn it, at 14, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. to a certain extent, you know, if we if we avoid the revisionism, I, I mean, it's fair to comment on it, but also fair to say that it's not a, a dangerous song. So. Uh, I gave Ace that one vote, uh, but Christine sixteen wins. Julian, Julian, a quick question. I know, I know, it's a long time since Wasp toured over there. They tour here almost every year in Sweden, several dates. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, what do you think of the concert and how was the attendance? Well, I'm going to do a show with Andy once he's okay, seen his, we'll show, later his, his show. But just yeah. to quickly, from my personal perspective, is I'd missed them the last few runarounds in the States. So it was great to see Blackie back in concert. And he was very active on stage. Is there tape? Yeah, there is definitely some tape going on there. Um, is the stage exciting? No, but it is visually appealing. And it was a sold-out house in Anaheim. And he played a lot of when we did our what did we want to hear live on tour, (laughs) we came up with a list of the songs and he did nearly half the list of songs that I wanted to hear. And I was thrilled to hear shit like, you know, crazy uh, and heaven hung black and, you know, a lot of stuff off the work, the first album. So was I happy? Yes. Am I going to other shows? Yes. I even bought the VIP on the strength of that show because I figured I'd taken my 84 Japan tour book to get signed. So happy. It's not right for everyone. And some people are commenting on it. And you know what? If it's not right for you, don't go. Because I don't want to be standing next to a miserable song. (laughs) Amen. I'm there to enjoy it. And I guess let's apply that same uh, equation to Kiss or any band that you go and see. If you know what you're going to get, go get it. And if you don't like what you're going to get, don't get it. Mm -hmm. Easy. All right, let's get back to this. So, to um, Christine sixteen is moving on, and yeah. you guys are shit. All four of these guys are shit canning two thousand now. Let's just make that absolutely <clears throat> clear. <Make> yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, Joel, thanks for that comment, by the Come way. On, that's, why, that's why we do these shows live because it's nice to have those conversations. All right, next up, one of my least favorite songs in the catalog: "Tomorrow and Tonight." Tomorrow and tonight. Let's let's have dirty living because <laughs> I was made for loving you. Come on. Uh, hard times. Okay. That's another ace. 
Three aces. Wow. Songs. All right. We got rid of aces, Matura. And th this one's going to be pretty easy. Daniel, let's get started with you. Hard times for me. Uh, hard times is a, you know, a standard rocker, um, cool A song, uh, one of the heavier so heavier songs on Dynasty. I like Aces material on Dynasty. I think he uh, knocked some of them out of the park. And this is one that to me is a good, ro a solid rocker. You know, nothing really spectacular, but a solid rocker. That always works live still to this day. So hard times for me. Yeah. Ace brought in five demos to those mm -hmm. sessions. Three got used. One got rewritten for Unmasked. And, you know, the other two were, what is it, Backstage Pass and Insufficient Data, which haven't circulated yet. So there's hopefully, you know, still material to come out that we'll eventually get to hear. Um, let's see. Lonnie. Um, it's hard times for me. Tomorrow and tonight just is, is a little too forced trying to have another anthem type song again. And hard times is actually really, really good. I, I agree that I really love Ace's material that was on Dynasty. So it's a it's an easy pick. I was reading the comments, Lonnie, and lost what you were saying. Oh, sorry. Hard times. <laughs> hard times is the short version of my answer. Thank you. All right. Mark, what about you? Well, I mean, these two songs have a lot of things in common, I find. Both of them are sort of very basic in structure, I find. Like, you know, like Daniel said, it's one's like a really just straight ahead basic rock song with hard times. And, you know, Tomorrow and Tonight is kind of the same thing, too. It's like your basic kind of structure, trying to go for that sort of anthemic thing like Lonnie pointed out. But the thing that I don't like about Tomorrow and Tonight is that, you know, it's predictable how it kind of is arranged. And, you know, they had that drop down. Let me hear you tomorrow. And tonight. You, have all, you have all the black girls singing in the background with their pom poms and, you know, dancing around. It's like, it's such a predictable sort of uh, ending to that song. And I, I just don't find it as satisfying a listen as hard times. I think hard times, while it's nothing, you know, creatively spectacular, it's much more catchier to me. I like Ace's singing on it. I think Ace's vocals really have to be you know, mentioned on this record. I think he did a great job on this album singing. Uh, you know, he really showed that he has, you know, more confidence in his vocals, especially on this album. And uh, I, I think it really shows on this song as well. So Hard Times, is, and it's probably my favorite of the eight songs on this album as well. So I'm going with Hard Times. All right. Um, Ken? Yeah, so... I, when I got the, I originally bought the 12, you know, not 12, but the uh, seventh seven. single uh, when it, when I Was Made For Loving came out. And uh, I found myself playing Hard Times a lot more than the, you know, the A side. I was playing the B side. Because uh, I really, really enjoy that song. I love the riff. I love everything about that song. It's total, total ace, total, probably, f you know, fact, not fiction. Uh <laughs> Of his, of his part of his life. So, uh, great song. I have to go with Hard Times. Yeah, without any doubt, it's a great song. Um, tomorrow and Tonight, while I say it's one of my least favorite songs, it is still a cool song. And as, um, you know, Robert pointed out, it's an anthem. Yeah, it is. It's just yeah. a little bit, you know, it, it's funny to call it too calculated when Rock and Roll All Night was completely calculated, uh, you know, as was shouted out loud. 
but you know it, it just doesn't quite resonate on that level and a song like hard times which is autobiographical has a great riff has a great attitude it's got aces swagger down pat on it for me you know so hard times easily there but come on tomorrow tonight isn't dog shit either daniel oh wait oh I no i was it I wasn't was, it you started that was it just started yeah and i picked hard times this, this is uh so, just me so let's having... let's let's hear the next yep so oh, hard so. times goes through i'm seeing that julian has the main feature on yeah there. Get, yeah get me off there yeah no 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 we want to see your we want to see you julian no we don't see your hat <laughs> we do not <laughs> I keep forgetting now that Daniel's a, a co-admin on here. He, yeah. He, okay. He take... Let's let let's do it like this then. Taking too much. All right. Next song up. Back to the main screen is Heart um, X-ray Eyes. Gene Simmons mm. is able to Ooh. muster a contribution on that album, and it's going up against. All right. Gene's got to beat himself off here. Uh, plaster cast. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, plaster caster versus okay. X-ray eyes, and there's only one person who can start this one. Ken, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. while I like X-ray eyes, it's it's no plaster caster. Uh, plaster caster is a very kind of unique song for Gene. Uh, interesting subject uh, matter, of course, um, but uh, I, I, I always like the way it comes in and, and uh, builds up and. It's just catchy. Um, so a lot better than uh, X-ray eyes. I mean, I wouldn't say a lot, lot better, but uh, it's better. Um, though X-ray eyes is no no slouch. So what did I pick? <laughs> no, I picked a uh, plastic caster. All right. Uh, Mark, how about you? Well, I think I'm going to be the unpopular vote here on this. I'm going to go with X-Ray Eyes, mainly because really? I think that this song is a bit more catchier. I always thought that Plaster Caster is, again, one of those good songs. It's a good Gene song, but it, it, it's nothing nothing spectacular. I mean, I think I venture to say that I, I like the uh, unplugged version of it better than the studio version of it, which goes to tell you something you know, about it because... If an acoustic version beats a studio version, then hmm, I don't know. But and anyways, uh, I really think that besides the fact that I think it's a decent song, and I think that Gene really sings good on the, that song. I think his voice sounds really good. And it's a shame that he doesn't have very many songs on this album because I think that he was in good vocal form around this time. So he would have benefited from, you know, writing some more decent songs. But man, uh, I also think that the production of Dynasty. I've, I've talked about that a hundred times on here, how I think it has such a New York vibe. Dynasty, I think that helps with the song as well. So I, I'm going definitely with X-Ray Eyes. Yeah, wasn't it a New York album anyway? Because uh, yeah, you know. so yeah, still at least. All right, uh, Daniel, let's go back to you on that. Um, for me, it's Plaster Caster. Um, it was kind of revived. It got a new life. Uh, when they performed it in 95 on the unplugged uh, sessions, MTV unplugged sessions. Um, I never really cared for it before then, but uh, that opened my eyes to the song and I started to appreciate it a whole lot more. X-ray eyes has always been a throwaway, 
throwaway for me on Dynasty. Uh, I like Gene's vocals. I think I think he sings it beautifully, but uh, it's just a slow, you know, kind of boring song with uh, a chorus. I guess he he read Superman and liked X-ray eyes or something <laughs> and made a song out of it. Uh, it sounds like a gene transplant. Yeah, it's, it seems like you know he he's been reading some comics and he he stole one of the lines and made a song out of it. I think it's worst song on 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 Dynasty, I'd say. So for me, it's Plastic Caster. <laughs> that, that was me fucking around with buttons, by the way. Ah, <laughs> <don't do that. laughs> oh my god! You know. All right. Had? Yeah, okay, so yeah, he's able to do that to me too, so you know, thank you to everyone who's chiming in with your comments, keep them coming, because it's, it's great to see the interaction going. Um, who's next? Uh, Lonnie, this one may be going the full round to a tie break with me. Um, it's Plaster Caster for me, I like it more than more than X-Ray Eyes. It's kind of close, but I don't know, I guess, I guess more... Love Gun was one of my first albums, and I remember was walking around like a 10-year-old kid walking around singing Plaster Caster. You know, totally inappropriate, having no idea what it means. Um, so I've always liked the song, and, 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 I, and I still like it more than, than X-Ray Eyes. Gene's material in Dynasty is, is okay, um, but I like his material in Love Gun better, and Plaster Casters wins this one. Okay, so your choice? Plaster Caster. Plaster. Oh wow, you rendered my opinion irrelevant. That's All how right. it should be. That's definitely how it should be. <laughs> um, X-ray eyes for me. Really? I love that song. I love the vibe of it. It's got an attitude um, that's just really cool. It always resonated me from the first time I heard the album. Plastic Caster is a great song, but uh, I don't know. What, can't remember which one of you said that. Unplugged is where it makes its mark the the most, and I totally agree. It's a fantastic song. Um, in an acoustic format like that. And it doesn't matter that it's not true. A song doesn't have to be based on fact. Um, you know, while Cynthia Plastercaster got very upset with Gene for alluding to something that never happened, it doesn't matter. He's singing about something that's a, kind of a hilarious topic. So uh, no one knew that shit back then anyway. So, you know, like we were told about our revisionism. Let's keep it real. All right, so Plaster Caster moves on. <laughs> they All played, right. actually they played pa Plaster Caster a year ago, right before the show I saw in Mountain View. So that was a, a nice uh, live. Uh, yeah, the VIP thing that I, I was too sick to attend. Yeah, it was uh, it was really good. All right, so X-ray eyes is going in the can. I'm surprised how many people in the peanut gallery actually voted for X-rays. Yeah. Well, you know, you can make you radioactive. You ask 10 KISS fans something, and you'll get probably 10 different answers. So that's a great thing about our community. All right, next up, Got Love for Sale. Gene mm. is going up against Magic Touch. That's, mm. a, that's a very interesting mm. matchup, mm. one I'm not too sure what I feel about that one. Uh, I don't know. Let's see who's going to go first here. So, oh, I get to go first now, so... Um, I'm going Got Love for Sale on that one. Magic Touch is cool. It's a, it's a decent song, but Got Love for Sale 
actually has an attitude to it that I really like. So even taking out of it, you know, the Van Halen connection, that's one of the better songs for me from Gene on Love Gun. So, Mark, you can shake your head all you want, but it's my opinion. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can even start wagging fingers at me. And you stick out your tongue if it makes you feel bad. We, tell, we tolerate um, Mark's destroyer opinions on here. <laughs> we, we sure do. Um, and anyway, isn't magic a poison pill at this point? Wow. So no one's going to say yes to magic. Wow. That's desperation wow. there. Yeah. All right, Mark. I'm desperate. I'm going to you first. Oh, boy. I think it's pretty obvious which I'm going to go for. I mean, Magic Touch is such a great song. I mean, I think it's... I'm surprised that it hasn't become more of a popular song, especially back in that time period as as it, you know, as it was, you know. I mean, that that song, I think, should have been a single that was put out and pushed a hell of a lot more. Uh, you know, again, I don't mind God Love for Sale, but I really think that whenever I talk to people, and I, I don't care about other people when it comes to this stuff, but I, I don't know many people who think that God Love for Sale was any kind of a standout song on Love Gun. I think most people think of it as a skip, you know? Yeah, I, I've, I've com- never thought comment. of it as... There's someone else. <laughs> okay, so there's one other person. But I'm just saying that I, I think that technically Paul Stanley is a better writer, in my opinion, okay? I, I think that his this song is a great example of that. The God Love for Sales for me is just one of these things that Gene was like, okay, I need another song. Let me go through my book here real quick. Okay, this one's good. Let's just use this one. It just desperate. It looks like a not as well thought out. It's definitely not as good songwriting wise. Not even close. And vocally, I think Paul's much better. So for me, it's Magic Touch all the way. It's okay to be wrong, Daniel. Um, <clears throat> magic touch, magic touch all the way. Yeah, I don't think it's even close. Not even close. Daniel, and you're a good magic man. touch. Yeah, I know you too. <laughs> I don't know what Julian has against magic touch. Several times he's mentioned magic touch as being something subpar. I think, uh, or I've gotten the vibe that you 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 kind of don't care for magic touch but but just go and listen to or better better yet go and watch the Paul Stanley 2007 um what was it called that DVD one, one live kiss. kiss yeah, yeah. one live kiss was when there. Paul performs that song live 2007 it's just magic and that's real magic that exists so uh that's a great performance and it shows what could have happened with the song if they had performed it live instead of some of that uh, solo stuff like toss what did they do on the dinosaur tossing and turning and and stuff mm. like that yeah yeah they should have put magic touch on there instead I, can i agree with you on something that, mm, that's very uh, rare, yep, but let's hear yep, it. That when <laughs> Paul did perform it on his solo tour, it was yep. a fantastic moment. Mm. I agree. Thank you. Absolutely fantastic moment. A, a standout, and I'm glad we got that before his voice started going. Uh, so, yeah, we can all be yep. grateful to that. Lonnie, magic or got love? It's tough. It is close, but I will go with magic touch. I think it's it's a, it's a better song overall. Although I do like the attitude of Got Love for Sale and, and Got Love for Sale is one of the better Gene songs on Love Gun. 
but in this particular matchup, it is Magic Touch. Oh, all right, Ken. Well, your opinion is also now irrelevant. So, what do you think? Doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, while Mag- I think Magic Touch is a great song, uh, I think uh, "Got Love Ourselves" is a better you know, Kiss song. Um, as for Kiss sound, Kiss classic, you know, rock. So. Uh, that's just the way I feel. Oh, I feel magic text more like a, uh, <laughs> yeah, more like a, more like a, uh, Paul Stanley solo song, uh, to me anyway. Uh, but you know, they're both good, but I just, you know, I'm a gene guy. I like got love for sale. All right. There we go. Three of us still believe in magic. Yes. Okay. Just like the magic. <laughs> Got love for sale went through to the next round. All right, next up is again. Yeah. Then she kissed me. Ooh, okay, <laughs> this is gonna be easy. That's cool. Uh, is it? Is it really, Mark? We don't know yet. I was made for loving you. All right, Mark. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Well, let's, go, let's uh, start with Lonnie on there. Okay. Um, it's I was made for loving you, and then she kissed me. Come on. Um, you still, I, I'll be interested to see what some of you guys say, but I was made for loving you is not bad. So it's you know sometimes you're in the mood for it. So you know it's yeah, definitely I was made for loving you. All right, Daniel. The <clears throat> I was made for loving you, uh, but I, I would like to. Tell all your fans to go and listen to the Alive Three version. That's Definitely. I was made for loving you for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Like I was made for loving you going metal. I, I love that version. It's so good. So go and listen to that tonight. So I was made. Okay. Mark. Well, no, it's it's always made for loving you. Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, for for a minute there, I was thinking, should I be controversial? No, I, I got to be honest. I was made for loving you, as as discoy and as you know, you know, following trends as Paul was at that time. It is the better song. It, I mean, and then she kissed me. I don't think honestly, and I'm curious for your guys' reaction to this or comment to this. I don't think I've listened to that song fully, like li- recently. I've always skipped it at the end. Do you guys actually listen to that song when you put that on, or do you actually stop it? No. I I, I don't think I've ever listened to it recently. I've just kind of stopped after Plaster Caster and said, okay, that's good. You know, to me, it just seems like a complete throwaway. And again, it goes back to my thing with the problem with covers. I don't understand why they were doing it then. Maybe when you're a starting band and the record label wants you to, you know, put something there to help push your record when you're new. I can maybe understand that. But at this point, there was no reason to have one. There was, because there was an industry resurgence in the 60s doo-wop pop. Uh, you know, so no. Sean Cassidy had was doing it. There were a couple other acts that were But this revisiting. is a kiss. They didn't yeah. need to do it. No, no, of course they didn't need to do it. But Kiss doesn't need to do a lot of things. Neither do many bands, and they still do stupid stuff or stuff that appears stupid 40 years or 45 years later. Um, Ken? Yes. Um, then she kissed me. I, I never really cared for it too much. Um, so it's, it's I was made for loving you. Um, 
pretty simple, though I'm so tired of it. It was made for loving you. <laughs> yeah, D- Disco Rock is Disco Rock, you know, and it was the one song that gave that album a bad name, which is a shame. You know, I was yeah. made for loving you is my choice. It's the, it's the only logical pick in this scenario. I'm more curious about when that back cover proof of Love Gun surfaced without Then She Kissed Me being list, and there was a song in its place called See You Baby. What the hell that is? That's what hmm. I want to know. I don't care. About Wait for the Love Gun box hit. Well, they already did a deluxe, so would they even bother going back to that? Sure. So, you know, I I actually tried figuring that one out on guitar when I was a kid when I you know, was listening to it. So, yeah, there we go. All right, next matchup is going to be. Oh, and in case anyone's uh, not keeping track, I was made for loving you. Goes through unanimously. Thank God. Dirty living. Dirty living gets to go up against. Dirty living. I stole your love. Mm. Oh, fuck off. Shock me. (laughs) I thought the cat man might get a chance today, and that is not happening. All right, Ken. Start us off. Yeah, I I like uh, Dirty Living a lot, really. I really do like that song a lot, heck of a lot. Um, and just remember, you all voted for Hard Times, so you like autobiographical songs from the street. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Um, Good point, Julian. But, you know, Shock Me is just a, a classic first kind of, you know, ace vocal and great guitar solo in there. Um, great. Actually, I got to give props to... Um, Peter Chris on drumming on that song, just you know, just really good stuff that he did. So it's gonna have to be shock me on that one. Uh, though, man, I'd almost call it a tie for me because I really do like Dude Living, even the, the mi- mi- extended mix that's more disco-y um, is is actually pretty good too. Yeah. All right, Lonnie. It's not as easy as you would think. Easy um, as it seems. Man, there you go. Look, look at you, Ken. Um, what is the reason? Minus five points. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, but I, I'm still going to go with Shock Me, though. Um, Peter's drumming is fantastic on, on Shock Me. Ken made an excellent point about that. Um, I really like Dirty Living as well, but Shock Me edges it out. All right, I'm, I was actually listening that time, so I'm able to write, write down your answer without. Julian usually doesn't listen when I speak, so. No, it, you know, <laughs> it's like driving and chewing bubble gum. We, we need another person just for doing, a, doing yeah. this, uh, tabulations. All right, Daniel, what's your call? Dirt um, Levin up against uh, what was the other one? Shock me, shock me, Well, shock uh, me is so unique because it's. Uh, Ace's first vocal, and in addition to that, I think Peter Chris's drumming is probably the best on the album. Shock Me is my favorite drumming from him. So, and still to this day, I think it, there's a swagger to that song when it comes to the drumming that's sort of unique for Kiss song. As so, so I always liked that, even though I have other. Ace songs that are like more like Cold Gin or, or maybe even uh, Rocket Ride, 
but um, against Dirty Living, no contest. It wins by a mile. So no, shock me. Shock me. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once I start reading comments, <laughs> yeah, I'm reaching I've noticed. Oh, yeah. no, I, uh, multitasking, yeah, no, I, you know, we're guys and multitasking isn't our strong. I mean, point, once I know. hit 50, those skills just disappeared. It was like magic. Oh, <laughs> said it again. Put another dime in the magic jar. Well, at least it's a magical one. All right. So, Mark, shock me versus Dirty Living. Yeah, well, I mean, I do like Dirty Living too. I thought it was a great song. Again, this was this is one of those songs that was the epitome of the New York vibe in a song right there. Uh, but you know, Shock Me is a true classic. I mean, again, like uh, Lonnie, Lonnie, like Daniel said, that uh, it is his first vocal. It is an important song in their, you know, discography. And you know, I, I gotta say, I think Eddie Kramer has been kind of questioned about the production on this album. But I think that his production is really good on this song in particular. Ace's guitars sound really, really good on this, especially the rhythm guitars sound fantastic on this. And Peter's drumming is really good. I think he really uh, dialed in the sound of the band really well on this, or the sound of the song at least, because I don't think as many of the people on here play it, just probably pretty much Ace and Peter uh, on this song. But, you know, I think that this song might have even solidified the whole idea of getting Eddie to work on Ace's solo record, because I think this song worked out so well between those two. Uh, I think that it was a definitely stuck in Ace's mind when they were talking about doing the live albums, I mean, live albums, the solo albums. So yeah, for me, it, it shocked me. Yeah. Okay. Since my opinion doesn't count, I'm throwing a, a kibble to the cat, man. Dirty living. The vibe of that song is fantastic i love it come on shock me is awesome shock me is the winner but i'm voting for dirty living simply because i absolutely adore that song it's got a funk vibe going to it it's got a touch of disco coming through in the back with the beat and it's the only damn song on the album on which he drums so i'm i'm not gonna not vote for him on this but uh hmm. yeah realistically shock me all the way so uh, Shock Me goes through. Really, his last, his last great vocal on the Kiss record. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was his basically Peter Chris's last Kiss. Hmm. Other, other than appearing in the Shandy video, which does not count, does not count. Yeah. All right. Oh, here we go. Here's a big boy. I stole your love. Going up against. Well, there aren't that many heavy hitters left in the Dynasty oh. jar. So, charisma. Horrible matchup because both oh. fantastic songs. Let's see who's yeah. next up to start. Uh, it's going to be Mark to start this one. Mark. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, originally I was thinking to myself well, as this was going that I was going to be voting for Charisma because I, I would love that song. I always loved this song. I think it's Gene's, you know, pinnacle on this record. Um, and it's also has a place in my heart. I, I covered it as part of one of my bonus tracks on one of my Project Gemini albums. So I've always loved it enough even to just cover it myself. Uh, but you, you can't not, you know, bump that out for something like I Stole Your Love. I Stole Your Love is really one of the like staple pieces of the KISS live show back in the 70s. 
when they were like, especially during the Love Gun era, obviously it was a very important song. It was the opener of their concert. I, I really love that song. It has a great guitar riff. And what, a, what an opener. I mean, one, probably one of their better openers on an album, period, that they've done. So, you know, as much as I love Charisma and would love to have voted it through, it, it was just bad, you know, it was bad timing. If it was any other song, I probably would have picked Charisma, but I Stole Your Love is probably one of my, it is my favorite Paul song on this album. All right. Lonnie. Um, yeah, if, if if Charisma was up against almost anything else off of Love Gun, I, I probably would go with Charisma, but <laughs> I Still Your Love is so good um, that I don't think anything on Dynasty would beat it. So it's I Still Your Love for me. Yeah, th this isn't that difficult when it comes down to it. Daniel. Uh, when we did that episode on Dynasty, I think Charisma uh, went um, was the number one pick for the panel. I think it was number one on Dynasty. And to me, uh, it's my favorite song off of Dynasty. But against I Stole You Love, I mean, <clears throat> not many, not many songs would stand a chance against that one. And Charisma, unfortunately doesn't stand a chance in hell against i stole your love so i stole your love all the way yeah i'm, I'm with daniel on exactly how he surmised it charisma does not stand a chance in hell against i stole your love i stole your love as an opener as a song that has power that is you know just a great expression of what kiss was at that time looking back and you know robert dunning mentioned it in the comments about them opening up the hot in the shade tour with that song i love charisma i flew to edmonton to see you know gene simmons solo band because i wanted to hear charisma live by gene um absolutely fantastic song you know, one of my favorite moments at the Rock and Pod in Nashville, Craig Smith doing the Cookie Monster vocal to Charisma. I think that video is still out there on YouTube. And uh, we got together for a little jam session afterwards. Great song, but against I Stole Your Love, it's a no-brainer. There, there we go. I said it. Ken? Yeah, I'm going to pull a Julian, <laughs> as he did with Peter Chris Good Living. <laughs> And I'm going to give nod to Charisma, uh, which is my favorite song off of Dynasty. So first song I heard off of Dynasty, well, playing the vinyl album, <laughs> we know the story. Um, but uh, I just love that song. It is the best song on, on that album. Um, but yeah, seriously, though, it, it doesn't compare to um, I Stole Your Love, which is just a, a great, I think it's the best opening song uh, on any kiss album uh, to start an album that is um, not my favorite song but i think it's the best lead off song to start an album uh, so there you have it but i'm I'll just put my vote in for charisma because yep. I, I always love that song yeah, we, we got our Kool-Aid that we got to drink when, even when we're doing these shows. Yes. Hey, guys who are watching, thank you all for joining us to watch this live today. Thank you for chiming in with comments. Not seeing any of the comments from the Facebook feed, so I obviously screwed that up. But thank you for joining us if you're watching over there. You know, 
your your opinions and comments make doing these shows all the more fun for us as we're going along. So thanks again. All right, we're into the last matchup. It's nine songs against a ten song album. So there's going to be one that goes through into the leftover uh, heap. But last song coming out of the Love Gun hat is the title track, Love Gun, mm. going up against the only song that's left to talk about. Sure know something. Mm. That's Paul versus Paul. Two mm. exquisite songs, really, in completely different styles. So, uh, Daniel, let's start now, with you. I've always wondered how you, you, you people perceive the song Love Gun, because... If I translate that one into, people. yeah, you people, <laughs> you guys, you people, you people, I sound like Paul Stanley. Okay, uh, uh, I mean, because in my language, if I would translate "Love Gun" into Swedish and someone would belt that down, like belt that out, you know, it would sound like "Chalice Pistolen." I mean, it sounds so. Uh, crappy silly and uh, a bit too much but as a second when it's my second language it's not the same thing i think so i always love belting out love gun but actually when i think about what it means it sounds kind of i don't know it's Dumb. how how did it get away with that i mean it's it's it's, it's belting out love gun I means uh, too obvious what he's singing about like it's like singing the uh, dick. I mean, <laughs> it's, I, I don't know how you guys can, you know, when it's your first language, it's so clear. But when it's your second language, it's a bit different. Well, anyhow, Love Gun is the better song for sure. Uh, I, I truly love the simple but very effective, you know, that what the drumming mm -hmm. in Love Gun. Yeah. That's well, that, that's all the sweet. sound that some guys make with theirs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, but but in Swedish it would it could also be kuken. That's like the dick. But I don't know. <laughs> the dick. The, the dick. Gun, whatever it's called, it's 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 a great song. But but I don't know if if it would be in Swedish if I would have liked it. Karlik speaking. Yeah, Schmeckle. So love gun, Schmeckle. it is. Schmeckle. If you didn't get that, June, if you were reading the comments, it's love gun. All right. No, no, no. I, I actually, I, I got that one. I was just waiting for you to get there. So, um, all right. Let's see, Ken. Love gun. And, what's the other one? Sure, no, sure, no. Sure no. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I got lost. That's made of matter. Um, Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Um, it's Love Gun, no doubt. Um, just a better song. Sure know something. It's pretty good. I think Paul, Paul borrows from uh, Tonight You Belong to Me a little bit on that song anyway. So, um, Love Gun it is. Yeah, he doesn't borrow on Love Gun. I mean, he borrows from The Hunter. Um, what else? We didn't borrow from himself. See, that's that's the difference. Oh yeah, so yeah, and and like he says, if you can steal, steal from the best. So Albert King and uh, who, no, else? Actually, who yeah, else did the hunter? I think the Yardbirds. So all right, so Love Gun. Every, everyone's being sensible. Mark. Hmm. Well, so, the, so you're implying that I'll be insensible about this or unsensible. Um, would, I, would I do such a thing? Really? <laughs> uh, the, the, these are truly 
two great songs. I mean, once again, I think the Unplugged sessions showed how good a song Sure Know Something could be in the right circumstances. But I think overall, Love Gun is such a great song. I mean, again, even, even when you go through all the eras that they played it in, you know, look at the Alive 3 version of that song. Really powerful in that version of it. I, I, I think it's such a great song. And I think if you go to most KISS fans and say, what do you think is Paul Stanley's signature song? I think a lot of people would be saying that it's Love Gun. So I'm going with Love Gun. Even as much as I do love Sure Know Something, I, I think Love Gun is the superior song. Yeah, it's definitely a superior song. It's also guilty of some of the most egregiously outrageous and nonsensical introductions in the 1980s. Yes. Possible. Um, but that's Went only going into a revisionist adult parent mm -hmm. mode. Um, Lonnie. Um, I really like Sure Know Something. Um, it's really, really good. Um, I really like it when they played it on Unplugged. I liked it when they've, you know, done other things with it since then. But yeah, it's a good song. But Love Gun is the superior song. Um, it's tempting, but Love Gun is is the better song. I have to go with that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone's going to be sensible. Oh, so we're going to end with me. Yeah, Love Gun. From, from the first time I heard that, it was fantastic. Sure know something. Again, we can come back to MTV Unplugged. Absolutely exceptional. Again, uh, finding a rightful home where it really belonged in that format. In incredible song. Absolutely incredible. But Love Gun, to this day, it's a big part of the set for a reason. Not only because it's Paul's song, but again just everything about it in terms of its dynamics and style. Uh, fantastic. So that means that the song that goes into the bonus cup for an additional round of all the scraps and leftovers is almost human. That's almost appropriate for that song to end up in the whatever cup. So let's, let's recap the songs that are moving on into the next round. Save Your Love, Christine 16, Hard Times, Plaster Caster, Magic Touch, I Was Made for Loving You, Shock Me, I Stole Your Love, Love Gun, and Sure Know Something. So that's a good split between... Wait a oh, minute, wait. how can how can sure oh, know something? Sorry, wrong wrong stack. So um and love gun. So nine nine songs move on into the next round when I'm not making errors. Um yeah, so that that's that's a really good split between two great albums, the last two real kiss albums in the originals era. So no surprises there. Lonnie, are you surprised by how this turned out? No, it's. I think it's a good split. I think we we were talking about it this week that it, you know, there, there's good songs on both, and there's there's kind of clunkers on both. So, um, not surprised that there was a good mix uh, moving forward. Mark, not not surprising. I mean, I'm sure that if there were some different matchups, maybe things would have been a little bit different. But I think it is a good split of the songs. Yeah, and I want asinine matchups because it makes the conversation <laughs> a little bit more yeah. interesting. And exactly. some of the less obvious candidates some sometimes go through in the seedings. I mean, it, it's like March Madness. Strange things happen there. Daniel, did this turn out how you thought it might? The only downer for me is that Charisma didn't go on to the second round. I mean, it's, it's it deserved to go a bit further in the competition. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's all about the matchup. So it happens. That's it. Yeah, indeed, shit happens. Uh, and then, voice of reason, let's end with your comments on this. 
you know, well, they, it's not too surprising on some of the songs, um, head to head. No, um, you know, it, it, Dynasty showed up and uh, had, you know, obviously had some really good songs on there, um, even though, you know, the production is not your standard kiss fair you know from from earlier in their career but uh it, it held up pretty well against love Gun. i just saw a little andrew pop up in the comments yeah. uh, from facebook 441 episodes yes sir who's counting who's counting yeah we're not so you know again i'm happy to see a good split between the two albums going through into the next round because then it's just a, a complete um you know, weird situation. All right, shaking up the black cup. Ooh, what's next? These, what's next? These are the, there's yes. only uh, eight albums left. Okay. All right. First album in the next death match mm-hmm. is going to be Lonnie. Uh-oh. Revenge. 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 Let's see what it's going to be up against here. It's going to go up against. These be something. Lick it up. Oh, oh, interesting. That's, good. that's actually yeah. ooh, two people, you know, commonly referred to as the, the, the best albums without makeup for a lot of people. So that'll yeah, be, two that'll be very, very interesting. Very yeah. finely crafted albums there are going to go head to head. There's obviously um, going to be a little bit of a disparity because of the number of songs. So Revenge is automatically going to get, I think, two going into the Parjan. Uh, <laughs> Parjan. <laughs> You really got to put that. It'll be Car Jam will be one of them. Or, or, or you just take Car Jam off to make it a little more nope. rounded. Lonnie, Lonnie, we have a comment for you. Wow. You know, we all have, <laughs> you know, a- a- assholes are like opinions. We all have one. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Joel. <laughs> all right, guys. So every, everyone who's taken the time to join us today, thank you very much. We appreciate your continued support and tuning yes. into this insanity. You've made it a lot of fun for us today with your comments while we've done this, and you've managed to distract me at various times. I think Daniel got distracted at various times, but only the other three guys took this seriously and stayed focused throughout so uh thank you all and that's it for this week tune in next week when we'll probably do a uh oh actually we won't have the creatures box by then that'll be the following week so we'll probably go back to topics from the board next week because i i really don't have any sense of originality anymore but for now from lonnie from ken daniel mark and myself thanks for joining us and we shall see you next time thank you for spending time listening to the kiss faq podcast today All sales are final, there are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.